Welcome to the Military Transition Tip Podcast, a show about the trials and tribulations of military transition and life on the other side. We counter fear and uncertainty with healthy conversations and information. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, as always, I'm Johnny. I'm in the studio today with Alex. Hey, how's it going? And James. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> hey, so today we're talking about a veteran identity crisis, right? And mm-hmm. I really want to, I, I covered this on like a YouTube video I made, which I'll, I'll link in the description, but uh, I wanted to hear what James and Alex had to, like what, what their opinions on this topic is. So I want to turn it over to James first, since we already kind of went over what I thought beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I've, I've been able to, to live with people who, um, spent their whole life in the military, either as an officer or as enlisted. Um, and I think it's, it can be a very good part of someone um, having that identity. And there is a definite need for that, for someone that joins uh, the military, for someone that makes that sacrifice. They should be able to carry that as part of their identity with them. For the rest of their lives, when you see someone else with a you know Marine Corps sticker on their car or a Marine shirt or hat on, you, there's that part of you. You're, you're prideful. You have that pride in, in what you've done. So there's definitely a a good a good part of having that as part of your identity. Um, but there's something that you would always say, Johnny, that stuck with me throughout my military career, and even now, is is you would say, don't sacrifice your personal identity for this. Um, and when people do that, I think that's where we see kind of the, the negative impact. We see people who get out of the military, and they project what, project their military identity onto everything that they do, and it doesn't work. They want, they get frustrated with other employees who don't shave every day or who don't show up to work 15 minutes early just to be there. They get frustrated with people who don't aren't as dedicated to something as they are, um, and they struggle with that. And what I one of the things I've noticed with some of the older crowd, you have a especially the Vietnam veterans is you have people who have hung their entire identity on two years of service. They got drafted to fight in Vietnam. So they had enough time to join, go through the process of becoming a Marine jumping over to Germany or Vietnam or Japan to maybe see combat or maybe perform a function, and then they're done. And for the rest of their life, they carry that as part of their identity, and they have no idea what that means. They don't know who they are, really, and so they have to hang up on that. And I think that's why some people struggle, is it's easier to be handed something than it is to create something. And with people who have been handed this identity, this is who you are. They don't have to create their own identity. And the further you go down that road, I think it's 
it's hard to deal with when you have to wake up one day and say, yeah, the military is a great part of my identity, but who the hell am I? What do I want? Where, where am I in all of this? And I think people struggle with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just going off kind of what James said, uh, you know, I'm definitely one of those people. I got the Marine Corps license plate on my car in Texas. Nice. Nice. Um, it's hard. Yeah, like you were saying, it's hard not to like inc- incorporate that somehow into your life in one way or another after you've gotten out. Um, it feels like just, you, you know, it has like this certain bonding, like you said, you can recognize other people out there but um for a lot of us we joined when we were younger so um it seems like a formative part of our lives it seems like oh you know this is like such a big change um you know for me i dropped out of school and i went into the marine corps it felt like i was starting this like new chapter in my life so to be out of it uh you know after after my time in i guess there's a little bit of that separation anxiety of like well, how do I identify myself now? And I think what plays into that is is the, um, you know, in the Marine Corps, there's a structure of, of a meritocracy to some extent. And the fact that, like, you're rewarded for what you do, you're recognized for what you do, it's a public display. And, like, there's a hierarchy and differentiation of of, you know, this person's better than this person, higher rank of this person. And it feels like once you get out into the real world, so to speak, um, that kind of levels off. You get into a job, everybody kind of is the same. Nobody's wearing special flair on their shirts or anything like that, you know. Um, and, and so, like, in some ways, I guess, like, having the veteran status or, or having the, the public displays of, like, where you came from, I guess, serves to, like, reground yourself in in a world that you've you know been thrust into now um so yeah i mean i it's there as as a veteran you know as we all are like i I feel like there's that that kind of maybe not as much as other people like james was saying you know the intensity of experience for people in vietnam it might have been a very short time for them but like it's a very intense experience you know i sat in front of a computer most of the time so uh, it took four years for it, for it to find Marine Corpsness in me, um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess that's just my two cents on it. That's pretty interesting. So, I didn't. Um, sorry, I was just going to say that's interesting. I didn't even realize something until you said that, Alex. You know, you said we mm-hmm. rank each other, and we do that. Um, mm. And, and we kind of had a tendency to do that. I mean, you'd, you'd look at someone and you're like, okay, these two guys are sergeants, but this guy's got a car. This guy's got a purple heart. You know, we, <laughs> we rank that out. Right. And I didn't realize this, and, but we do that in the civilian world too. Like my manager where I work, if she doesn't do something, in my mind I'm going, you're the manager. You're supposed to take charge of the situation and carry out the plan of the day. It's like, no, dude. Like, this isn't the military. Her job is to make sure we keep working. That's it. But that's one of those things that even for even for me, I mean, it's hard to step away from that. 
you want to do that. You want to separate people like that. That's, yeah, wow. I guess the question is, do you think, or do you, either of you think that um, this feeling that we have, as you're mentioning, of like maybe the Marine Corpsness or the militariness that you gain while you're in, is it something that is, you know, bred in all of us and then when we're separated you know we can't help but shake it or is it does the military kind of attract a certain person where those feelings already exist and it's just like amplifying those things you know like is it a certain person or do we become specific people i, I think it's us i think it's a, a, a human thing right because mm. you you can you you can see it when folks represent their city right or or their state I'm from Texas, you know, this is X, Y, Z. And, you know, we, ha we have the mindset of what a Texas person is. And a lot of Texas folk kind of conform to that because they're fitting into what Texas mm. is, uh, you know, especially in, you know, the, the rap community, right? Where you're from is, is everything and all that. Um, so I feel like that's the same, that's the same mentality we're using when we're, where we come, go in the military and we come back out. We're a part of that group, this is where we're from. Mm. Uh, but I had, a, I had a similar conversation with another, another person, and I gave him an example because this person always referred everything back to when he was in the, in the Army and this Army this, Army that. And I was like, hey, you know, if you knew somebody that went to Harvard and every single time you talked to them, they reminded right. you, that, you went, <laughs> that he went to Harvard, how would yeah. you feel, especially because you can't relate because you didn't go to Harvard, how would you feel about that? Like, that's mm -hmm. what it – that's how it feels when you you're forcing the like hey well, well, well when i was in the marine corps we did it this way yeah well, in the marines well in the army like that's and that's what i'm talking about with the, the identity right like you it's, it's I'm, I'm very proud as you can see it's a podcast mm. but you can see all my military memorabilia behind me in my office i i, you know, I love it i'm very proud of it but i don't mm -hmm. i don't try to you know it, it i don't try to be staff sergeant jones at know at starbucks you know mm. i'm not i'm not you know you know it's not who it, i am it is something it is something that i think people should be proud of i think one of the struggles that some of us one of the things i struggled with is i joined the marine corps and whether you join to be a cook or a recon sniper at some point you imagine being in a combat situation and being a Marine and you kind of want that. But that's not what I got. I got a lot of experience with computers. I got a lot of experience in training. And I had my brother who was in the Army who was a linguist and he got combat experience running down terrorists. He got the whole thing. And so I think one of the things that some people struggle with is their identity to, to find pride in what they did. Like, hey, yeah, you served for four years or eight years or 12 years, and the hardest thing you had to do was run a PFT every year. It's like, dude, you could still be proud. You should still be proud of that because you were willing to be the front of the lines. Even if 
you know, I have my brother who's a combat veteran, and I'm a, I'm a computer veteran, you know? And so I, there is something to be proud of, and I think people should be proud of that. But like you said, it's, it's, it shouldn't be everything. When you, when you leave the military, that's a very conscious decision that you're making, and it should be to become a better person, to continue being a better person, to, to do more things. Maybe you won't do anything as cool, but you should continue to grow as a person and as an individual. And if I look at someone who's been out for 10 years, 15 years, and I'm still hearing stories about back in my day, it's like, well, dude, what have you been like? What have you been doing for the past 10 to 15 years? Even if it's just being a father, or maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're something else, why, why are you clinging to this as, as if that's the only thing good that's happened in your life? So, um, you know, you, you mentioned just like the, the experience of um, maybe your specific experience, but I, my question maybe for you all as well is like, you know, if you feel, if you felt like maybe, and maybe other people in general as well, if you feel like you didn't get the experience you came for in the Marine Corps, then the question becomes like, why did you get out? Or like, mm-hmm. why did you decide you're going to leave and why not stay in and try to get what you wanted? Um, you know, like, because at some point, you know, either you make that decision, I'm going to be a lifer or, yeah. you know, I, I want to find something. And I think that's what the the impetus, like the, the start of the identity crisis is, right? Because you feel comfortable mm-hmm. in this place in the military. And now you're yeah, out. That was, made that choice as that was a struggle for me, actually. is because um, there were things I wanted to do. There were things, mm-hmm. there were medals that I wanted to get. And, and not to, you know, be that guy with the really cool uh, ribbon rack, but there were, there were things I wanted to experience that either through my choices or just the way the Marine Corps goes, I wasn't able to get those experiences and when I was coming up on getting out I really had to ask myself that question like for and I think it's personal for everyone for me it was I'm 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 now married and I want a family and mm-hmm. I can keep my family and hit this recruiting duty and try to go back to um an infantry unit and try to get those experiences. But if I do that, I have to understand I can love my family and I can take them with me, but I'm going to, they are going to have to sacrifice with me. And is that what I want? And I think that's part of how I had to, and I'm still struggling to find my own identity, but I think that's where I changed what I wanted my identity to be. Um, it became more important for me to be a husband and a father than 
to be, you know, a, a war hero. I would say even not even that. There's a one of my favorite lines uh, from Pink Floyd. It's from the song "Wish You Were Here," and he asked, "Did you exchange a walk-on part in the war for a lead role in a cage?" And no matter, I mean, when we talk about, like, if I say the name Sergeant Major Seahawk, everyone knows Sergeant Major Seahawk. If you were in the Marine Corps, you, you knew Sergeant Major Seahawk. He was 14 years in, he was the first sergeant picking up Sergeant Major. Everyone knows him. You could, you could put his name on the evening news and no one would know who he is. You, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... For me, I realized what I wanted was heroism. I wanted to be the hero. I wanted to be that guy that had um, that hero story. And I could chase that for a long time, and I don't, I don't think I ever would have gotten it. You know? And I think that's... I'm thinking... Uh, so like. Listening to you, James, and then listening to, to, to Alex's question, the way you formed it, I think maybe not the entire answer, but at least a piece of it is satisfaction. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like this issue occurs more so with folks who get out before retirement. Uh, and I think it's because when you retire, right, you have 20, 30 years, and you have a time to, what you said, satisfy those things that you want in your career. At least, even if, even if what you want in your career changes, due to obviously a war stopping or war starting, mm. things, things like that uh, out of your control. But they have more opportunity to, to, to accomplish what they joined for or, you know, reach a certain goal. When, like, in, like in my, my case was very similar to, to James's. I, uh, I opted to leave because I was staring a recruiting duty, uh, you know, orders down, right. down, you know, down the barrel. And I, you know, I did not want to do recruiting after doing, you know, eight years of IT and, and mm-hmm. lose all the skill set. Mm-hmm. So I made that decision ultimately to leave. Um, but it, anybody else in that same type of situation, you know, you know, having to make that abrupt, maybe not fully, you know, wanting to get out decision, but you know, that is the better of two evils, I guess. Yeah. Um, that can that can cause it. You you feel like like a ghost, right? Unfinished business is still left mm-hmm. in the Marine Corps. Things you wanted to do. It's still left, and like, uh, I think that's a piece of it. You know, on the other side, like I think uh, James covered it is it's pride, and um, I, I think I think folks that have been in longer uh, have the ability to go through all those, all those. I don't want to say stages of grief, uh, but it's something like that. <laughs> the stages, right? Go through, and then they're they're properly prepared. And I want to cycle back and say I really do think this 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 condition we see is partly on the organization itself. We don't do, we don't do a good job of preparing folks to leave the, the military. We say we do, we have programs, the programs are okay uh, in their own right, but well, they're, they're not checks in the box really to prepare people to leave. Yeah, exactly, they're checks in the boxes, but you think about it, we don't ever tell, we don't teach folks how to demilitarize your yourself mm-hmm. to an extent to, to fit in well with the, sure. the civilian world. We don't do that. 
you're you know you're a marine up until the day you leave, right? So then you you act that way until the day you stop, and then it just abruptly stops, and you're no longer a marine. And now figure out how to be Johnny again. Figure out how to be Alex or James. You know, while you know in a way that you weren't before in the last four to eight to twelve years, right? Not that way because you can't be that way mm-hmm. in, the, in the regular world. So now you figure it out. We I don't think we do a good job at easing that transition out well i think i don't know here's here's a couple things though just for thought the first one being like okay i feel like when we're introducing this maybe we kind of skipped a step here we say there's a a identity crisis with veterans and getting out but we really didn't say like why it is a crisis why is it negative you know like what just because we don't feel like we have the identity that we want in the real world or that we can't separate the Marine Corpsness or militariness from us. Why is that a bad thing? Right. And the second, Oh, I didn't put the word crisis. I just called it there when I talked to you first time. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's just identity. identity. Okay. Well, people, and, and, and the second thing being like, um, being like, yeah, I mean, again, we, we, we say like we need to demilitarize ourselves and like, not be a military in in the real world but i think there's a lot of people that would say like no that's a good thing that i'm this way and like there's so many things that that society does especially in america to perpetuate the myth and like the identity of how good it is to be a veteran because you have discipline and all these other things that people associate with you know being a previous military member it's so like, how do we, we talk about that, given, I don't know, these devil's advocate points, you know, for, for the <laughs> counterpoint for what we're trying to say here? You know, I, I think that's a uh, So I will counter place. that counter. Okay, good. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think it's a, that, that is a question we should be asking ourselves, is if you have this identity, is it a problem? And I, and I think that's something that has to be assessed at an individual level. If I'm someone who you, you have to you have to constantly look at where you're going in life and how you're feeling. And that's one of the things we don't do in the Marine Corps. We don't talk about. I mean, that's one of the things we don't do in the world, really, is we don't talk about. We're not honest about how we feel. And I think that's something that people need to do at a personal level is assess yourself. Like, is this who I want to be? And if I hold on to this identity, is it what I want? My dad was in the Marine Corps for over 12 years. And a lot of people wondered why he wasn't a drill instructor with his kids. He, he had five boys, three girls, and people always wanted to know, why aren't you waking them up at zero five in the morning? Why aren't they doing field day? Why isn't you know you're you know you're not yelling at them? You're not you know. And he was someone who he still has his he still works on Cherry Point. Actually, no, he doesn't anymore. He worked on Cherry Point yeah. as a civilian for the longest time. He still has his military uniforms. He still puts on his dress blues at, at weddings and funerals and he's still a Marine, but he's not. Mm -hmm. And he said this, he would tell this to people. 
he doesn't, his kids aren't in the military. Why should they have to deal with the military? He wanted his kids to be kids, not to be drill instructors, recruits. And he is someone who I think of as a great example of they've kept their identity as a Marine, but they've also kept their personal identity. And for someone like him, it's not a crisis. It's a good thing. It's something that's helped him. So I think that's something that needs to be assessed at the individual level. Um, sadly, sometimes some people might say it's not a problem, but everyone else has to deal with it. Like I have to deal with mm. you being in the military, even though you're not in the military anymore, and I'm not in the military anymore. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. Uh, so I think it's an individual. It has to be taken at the individual level of whether this is an issue or whether it's not. If that makes sense. But I want to hear you yeah. say something. Like you said, there are pieces, right? There are pieces that are very, very valuable that you learn, and I never did, never said that there wasn't any valuable, right? Mm. But my, my issue, and, it, and this is also something that I work through myself um, because my work, my work ethic and discipline that I gained from the military is what made me so successful, well, partly what made me successful in the civilian world. But I, felt, I found myself doing a lot of things that were not positive that I learned in the military. Number one was I had Marine Corps expectations of folks that I should not mm-hmm. have had. Right? Mm-hmm. I expected my peers to operate at the same level as I on because we're, you know, we're peers and I expect that, you know, that expectation that you gain from expecting other sergeants or other staff or other corporals to be a certain way, that's not how you should operate in the regular world with other people. They're dynamic. They're not, you know, everybody went through the same boot camp and came wow. out with the same experience. Everybody has different life, uh, you know, life experiences. Well, they are different people. Well, could you give, slowly? could you give maybe a specific like count like example I, between i want to give a specific no, one well, i mean, it'll, I mean like, it'll, it'll highlight yeah i mean I, like I between yourself. between you say everybody's like a sergeant or whatever and then the workplace in real like like right okay so uh i was in a location that i worked mm-hmm. right, right. and my expectation was we a we we were briefed on the same thing at the same time in the same meeting right mm-hmm. uh we asked questions everybody asked questions the the information was passed uh, now the expectation is you've got the information. Now you can go act on it. Um, that that would be my expectation in the Marine Corps, in the military. Hey, we got briefed. We follow up. Now some people take a little longer to to digest the information, and mm-hmm. then they need extra extra clarification and whatnot, right? Right. And sometimes I am the one that they're asking, and my and my response shouldn't should not have been we were in the same meeting why are you asking me the same questions i asked in the meeting that's just something i would say to a corporal if they asked me that question right that's a typical staff nco or a sergeant answer to a corporal asking what we would determine in the military as a stupid question why are you asking me the questions they were answering already? but this person is different and they they comprehended it different they needed extra clarification and that's just how they are they're not they're not a bad worker or anything like that but it took me some unwinding to 
to not react and or interact with people the same way that I was used to acting with military mm. folk. And it, it took a lot of effort on my part to be like, okay, I can't do this. I cannot expect people to operate at the same speed as me or, or, or big one too, be willing to sacrifice time with family. I am notorious for never yeah. spending time with my family because I'm always putting my time into my work, which is what we were kind of taught mm. in the military indirectly and directly, right? I will, it's, I mean, I'm still working on it now, but I will always sacrifice time with my family first. That's like, that was like built into me. Like, okay, I would deploy, I go to the field, I do that. Like family is, mm-hmm. kind, it was kind of second when we're in the military. We, they say family first, but family was always second to the mission. And that's how I operate even outside. And I'm struggling with that even now, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a Sunday afternoon and I, I had, you know, we're, we're filming a podcast. I haven't actually even seen my son today, but okay. Uh, yeah, you know, got to schedule that time. But you know, like, yeah. But like, you know that that type of thing, I'm working on myself to like get those habits that I formed in the military mm-hmm. out because they're not beneficial in in everyday life. I mean, there there are times when that's really beneficial, right? Um, but there are times. To- those times I I feel in my personal experience are, are not as frequent as they were when you were in this in the and if you can't separate yourself where you think that everybody else has to deal with it then you have to deal with the repercussions that come with that like maybe the attrition rate on your team if you're a boss might might skyrocket because you they feel like you're not you know you're not treating them like regular people or, or how they deserve to be treated um, you know your your expectations if you if you give expectations to people at work that are super high because you're used to Marines delivering with, you know, more with less, mm-hmm. but you're doing the same thing. It, it doesn't equate all the time. <laughs> it doesn't equate yeah. all the time into the regular world. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, to your point, I think that's something I struggled with as well was like being, being available all the time was just kind of part of the military and having no separation between like life in the barracks or life, you know, on the base from like your job, you hang out with the people, you go to work with them, you party with them, you know, you're just with them all the time. And so like when I got to my first few, I went through my first few jobs after the military. Yeah. For me, I guess there was kind of that expectation of like, Oh, well, you know, I got, I got to hang out with these people that I work with and like, and like, you know, I'd be working crazy hours, but that was also part of my job. And yeah, the other thing you said, doing more with less, uh, there's like, uh, we had a server room in one of the jobs I was at and, you know, they had a bunch of like dilapidated power edges and stuff in there. And I was like, I can turn all these into servers. Like I can use all of these. And like, they didn't figure out what I was doing for like a month. Right. I was like, I was like revitalizing all these like old servers and like sticking them back in the racks and stuff. And my boss was like, where are all these servers coming from? And he was in the Navy, by the way. So like, I don't know, I guess we both didn't see a problem with it. He's like, oh, awesome. And then our boss's boss stopped by one day and he's like, you know, we can just buy more, right? You guys still have to like, 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 like refurbish these like, you know, servers from like 2004. Like we'll just get another one. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess just, just like things like that for sure. And if you, like, like, I like what you said to uh, being always available. Mm-hmm. I find that to be a problem with mine as well. Mm-hmm. When I put that expectation on someone else, right? 
when I if you send a, a, a text message to one of your corporals asking them a question, you expect that response very quickly. Mm-hmm. That is not even if it's on the weekend. But you're also expecting that is not something. You're also expected to be like if you're a higher rank, like their parent, their older brother, whatever, you know, like you're expected to like take care of them. And like nobody in the professional world is going to be like, hey, are you going drinking tonight? And, you know, it's it's Thursday night. You better be careful because you got to be at work tomorrow, seven in the morning. So, you know. Yep. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I find I find myself uh, at times sending emails and then be like, yo, it's been like four hours. Where's my where's the <laughs> response to this email? Yeah. OK. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's what I mean when I say mm. like not not being able to take that piece out and just. But I feel you know, again, only utilize it when again. Needed. I feel like I feel like um, it's that that kind of thing is like almost like glorified in some ways in some circles in the professional world. Like some people mm. would, especially maybe older generations, would be like, "I'd love to have an employee like you." Wait, you would the old corporate mindset. You right? would be great. And, and like they they like fetishize like military service as part of being like this discipline that transfers really well into the workplace right i yeah i, I agree with the with the the older the older generation doing that I, I i completely agree with that so then what do you say to younger people getting out you know when people when employer and when employers say you know when they they kind of code things they're like you know we really like your your service and your drive and 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 maybe an employer knows like a veteran will work himself more than a regular employee Mm -hmm. like how do you keep veterans from from being taken advantage of you know and and being like hey we got this great opportunity for you i think that's a that's a good question you caught me off guard I think it's part of the identity crisis because it plays into your yeah. sense of pride because you have somebody telling you outside of the military, wow, you do really good work. We recognize the work that you did in the military and we want to make sure you continue that. So we're going to give you this job and we expect you to continue. I feel like maybe that's part of like why some people go into contracting, right? Because contracting is right next to the military. You probably still get to work with you know Marines, Navy, whoever. And you, you may get to quote unquote deploy and whatever, you're just getting paid more. But you're still expected to do 12, 14 hour days, maybe be away from your family all the time. You know? It's easy transition. Mm-hmm. So we got uh, examples of why it could be an issue and examples of why it could be good. Well, why it is good because there are many, many, many positives to what we learn in the military. Which again is not for the colonels listening. That is not what I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> right? I always gotta, I always gotta address the, uh, I always gotta address the old sixes that might be listening. But, but like James said, like a little bit earlier, like you were talking about kind of the segmentation, right? Like your dad had the ability to be one way but also be a father. Like he's, he's separated those two identities. Like, do you think that's essential for everybody as, as you know, as they're getting out of the military? Is segmentation the answer? 
or, or are there different strategies that work as well? I mean, uh, I would say there's, there's different strategies that work as well. There's some people that get mm -hmm. out and they need to keep some of the rigidity that the core gave them. Um, I, I think the most important thing to do is to challenge yourself. And I, I don't mean challenge yourself as in find a challenge. I mean challenge yourself with that question. Who, what is my identity? How much of my identity is me? How much of this have I gotten from the military? And is it a good thing? And I think that's something that I hope this podcast will do, and I, I hope other veterans will do that, is kind of point that out to people and say, is this what you want? Like, you just showed up to work 15 minutes early for the 500th day in a row, and no one has said anything to you. They expect it of you now. <laughs> They're taking advantage of you, you know? Um it's something that we have to challenge ourselves with is that question is do I like this identity and is it productive for me and for my family and I think that's where where kind of you have to draw the line is I mean we can't say hey this is good for you or this isn't good for you we can only do that for ourselves but I think what we can do, one of the good things about our identity is we keep looking out for each other, keep reaching out to each other, we keep talking to each other. And this is one of those things that should be um, a subject of conversation. Like, mm -hmm. well, how do you, what's your identity? Like, who are you, man? Like, is this who you want to be? What do you... And it doesn't always have to be so cliche, like, what's your identity? What you, but it can be like, what do you want? Like, what are your goals? Do you like where you're at? Are you comfortable? Um, I think that's something that we have to keep doing is reaching out to each other. I like this. Uh, there was two things that were said to me before uh, that I really liked that I think uh, are appropriate here. Uh, a Phillips head screw reviver doesn't unscrew every Phillips head screw. You know? uh, Wait, when did we say that? And, uh, just say <laughs> a Phillips head screwdriver does right. not unscrew every Phillips head screw, right? Because there are multiple sizes of screw and multiple sizes of screwdriver. Mm -hmm. So pretty much the same tool in your toolbox is not used in every situation, essentially. But I like the way they said it. That's why I repeated it in such a freaking... I mean, if you way. gave <laughs> and then, a Marine uh, a Phillips head screwdriver... A marine could unscrew any screw. So that's true because he he does his last corporal to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then uh, the other one was um, to get a new color. You have to mix two colors, right? So I don't mm. think uh, one should replace the other. You should take and mix who you are with who you what you learned from the military, and you come out as a new color, like as a new improved hopefully color right mm -hmm. um i so, think that's yeah, why I, and that's what i'm trying to do right yeah i think that's why the the military in general and even corporations struggle 
is because you have people who learn things and like you, they're like, Hey, I'm going to take this. I learned this. and I'm going to take this. I learned this. And you have corporations and, and a lot of people in the military who say, Hey, we're not here to paint or color. You're going to do what I say, because this is the way we've been doing it since Vietnam. It's the right way because it's worked. And it's like, Oh, and then you have people who say, Oh, that's really nice. I'm getting out now because I can't grow here. They recognize that. That's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't s- stamp that out of people. Or we suffer, which is why a lot of corporations are suffering. What do you think the, the identity uh, when, when, when you're leaving has, has uh, what's the effect on, do you think, folks' mental health? You has mean, it, do you think it has any effect when they leave? You mean like... In, in regards to identity? You mean like the source of your individual identity, like as you're getting out, the mental state that you're in? Or what do you mean? So I'm, I'm trying my hardest not to lead the question. Okay. Uh, but I guess I'll give an example, um, right? Uh, so I, I knew this, this uh, soldier, uh, I was mentoring him, he was trying to get into IT, and he was really, really struggling uh, connecting with people that he at work because mm. he uh you know he was so used to I mean, he he spent four years uh in the military joined at uh, 17 and so as he when he got out he felt like he couldn't connect with the other 21 22 year olds because he felt mm. like they didn't you know they didn't understand him he didn't understand them two completely different life experiences and he was uh he suffered from a lot of depression because he was in a place where there wasn't a lot of other military so there was no one else really to to, you know, for him to, to uh, express his frustrations with or you know, get a beer with. And I guess some of the other people that were veterans were much older than him and, and it was awkward or not. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to, uh, to, to link up with him. So. That is kind of where I started this thought on that, talking to him. And, and, um, and he actually was the first person to use the word identity when I, when I spoke with him. And then right after that, I made that YouTube video mm-hmm. uh, that kind of sparked this, this, this podcast uh, because he, he was really upset, you know, about like uh, not being able to connect with, with other people. And he really wanted to, but he felt like he just, he just couldn't because, and, uh, and I was talking to him, I was like, hey man, but why not just like learn about like what you guys do have in common? It might be something small, but like, you can't always refer back to the military for stuff. Like you have to learn how to, you know, it's like you have to move on mm-hmm. past it. You know, it's like you've been gone even out for, you know, you have to validate eight months other that things. Point, it was just a couple months, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, that's, yeah. that's one but of the he things. Kept, he kept that. going back. He was like, we're, we're different. We... Yeah. I mean, in, in the military, we do that. Like I'm going to validate working out, drinking beer, wanting to go to war, work, work work military and so when you get out you have people who are like hey man we play video games or you know sports or something else and there is that in the military but we we validate certain things um and that's a struggle when you get out like i people i remember being at work and and someone talking to me about something a, a talk show host and a morning talk show and I was thinking to myself, 
why are you telling me this? I want to bash my face in with this keyboard because you're talking about a stupid morning show. But he was really excited about it. And he was like really excited about telling me that. He liked talking to me about it. And it turned into <laughs> a daily thing where he's talking to me about this. And eventually I started listening to the talk show. And I had to learn that I still, I, I don't listen to the talk show anymore. I don't work with the guy anymore. But we're still friends because I had to learn how to validate what he likes. And we struggle to do that when we get out of the military because in the military we learn to do what's necessary and forget the rest. And we have to learn that in life we have to validate the rest. We have to learn how to validate someone's stupid story about a talk show or someone's <laughs> dumb affinity with some TV show. We have to learn to validate different things um, or we won't connect but but is that is that unique to the veterans experience or is that more of just a part of you know going into the corporate experience and, and dealing with more of like not not like a friend I, I think it, but maybe like a colleague or something like that it, 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 it every time we change oh. yeah every time we change environments when you get out of college there are certain things that are validated in college. When you move from one corporation to another, there are certain things that are, you know, everyone here talked about this. Well, everyone here talks about this. Over here, we have a favorite baseball team. Over there, we have a favorite football team. You have to learn to be malleable with your identity. You have to learn to, to incorporate new things. Um, and that's hard when you get out of the military because the military tells you what to validate. And I think that's, yeah. it's a struggle generally, but I would say it's especially hard with the military. And actually in support of, or I guess to support the case for the military is there are friendships that you gain in the military that you won't get anywhere else. No matter, I mean, in college, you have these life and death experiences where you're out drinking and you almost, yeah. But in the military, you literally put your life on the line with people. And whether you do that in a combat situation or whether you're up every single night for three nights in a row with someone trying to build this network or whether you're out lost in 29 Palms hiking through Death Valley, dying with your friends, you create brotherhoods there that are stronger than sometimes what you have with family. And it's hard when you try to find that same type of relationship with other people outside of the military because you have to learn to expose yourself to the people you're with in your unit, you have to learn to expose yourself to them and people don't want to do that. And so when you get out of the military and you go to a corporate office, they don't want to expose themselves like that. And, and that's fine, but we kind of struggle with that when we're willing to do that. And some people are, I think. 
I, I, I don't think it's uniquely a uh, military thing. I do think due to our experience being so intense and so engrossing of your entire, every aspect of your life, mm -hmm. it makes it exponentially more difficult mm -hmm. uh, leaving this. Uh, I guess you can say it's akin to leaving, uh, going from one country to another, and it's like culture shock. Yeah. I don't know. I, f I feel, I feel like, um, yes, the military set, you know, the Marine Corps especially had set like to validate specific identities that they wanted to promote. But I felt like when I actually got out of boot camp and out of the training pipeline and everything, the people that I met and, and the people that are in my unit and wherever else, it was a very diverse set of people. And I felt like there was a lot of the same kind of clashes between like what people wanted to validate and like. Yes, there was like, you know, the the more traditional things. Yes, everybody drinks in the barracks. Everybody, you know, wants to play football and be, you know, whatever, moto. But I don't know. I, I just felt like there was, yes, there's there's a diversity of thought and opinion. But the difference that I faced between being in the military and being in, in a corporate environment was like there was different ways to relate and validate those things with mm -hmm. those people and like what was more acceptable um, socially or otherwise to like relate with people and, and talk to them I, and there's things that I did in the military you wouldn't do in a corporate office right in the way that we interacted with people and you know being in a corporate like I don't know it just, it just seems like there's a difference yes but i don't think there was ever a point where I, I didn't have to go through kind of the same thought process of like okay this is somebody who's from a different side of the country like the has a different life experience as me that like i need to figure out how to at least have a working relationship with mm -hmm. um and, and yeah i guess things got way more emotional in the military because everybody i feel like in in professional setting everybody has a, a, a sense of like there's like a baseline sense of decorum like nobody's ever going to scream and like storm out slam a door maybe they will but not not usually <laughs> well you, but, can, uh, you leave you know. too that's i think that's a huge difference mm. is when you're when like you at leave. the end of the day i'll see you in the barracks I'll be with you on duty, you know, in the corporate world. It's like, dude, I started seeing you at eight in the morning at four thirty. I won't have to see your face again for a while. That's one of the benefits. Don't of quit. <laughs> yeah. 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 But. yeah. That, that, yeah, that stick, that stick it out is on my, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, it's definitely strong in the military, right? Because you can't leave can't quit you have to you have to work it out and then mm -hmm. you know, uh, i think you said something about decorum right interactions are defined you know i know what to say in the beginning end of a conversation mm -hmm. i know how to i mean you learn how to properly address situations especially with uh various ranks uh sure in, in, within a uh within a situation i do think that it's it's, it's definitely way more difficult to do that because things are less defined in the military and more so defined by individuals. Mm -hmm. So I know, I mean, you can have a cool first sergeant that has an open door policy that's actually an open door policy. 
you can walk in hey Rafa, sorry i want to talk to you about this but you know n- normally that is not normally how you interact with your first mm-hmm. you know you go through the chain of command uh you can have a boss three levels above you that has that open door policy and that could be exactly how you interact with that person and it's just that culture shock can be can be difficult as well i still feel like that. we we do that we call it we call them skip skip meetings where you have a meeting with your boss's mm-hmm. boss and that's completely acceptable but i have yet to do it because i'm like i'm not talking to the sergeant major why would i do that you wait you you never <laughs> you never took that opportunity you mean in the professional world to do that yeah no i have i've not met my uh no i've not met the cvp yet because that person's very busy okay well how are you how are you supposed to complain about your boss though you know you gotta skip ah, over yeah, well, <laughs> hr we have hr for that yeah yeah, that is I, weird. I, I see you here. I, I guarantee uh, you, my team is gonna listen to this, no, Alex, no, and you're over no, here no, trying no, to set me kidding. up. <laughs> but but no, I, I, I feel like I feel like I faced my most challenging interpersonal relationships in the military, and everything after that has been, um, mm, I see has been saying. less so. Like because like what James was saying, hey, I see you at eight in the morning. I leave at five or whatever. I leave at four thirty. Um, I don't see you anymore, but, but, you know, being on deployment with somebody or like, yeah, being in a bar, like working with them and then you both have to go back to the same barracks room with them. Um, and like, I don't, I don't know. I just was, I was actually talking with my wife, um, last night about some of that stuff. Cause we are just like talking about deployment stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just, it felt like if you were in a leadership role in the military, which for the Marine Corps happens very early for us. Um, you you face like this like challenge almost immediately, and I don't think I've had that since. It feels, you know, if we're having if we're talking about identity crisis or the problem with identity, the opposite end of that is like everything else after that in in the corporate world has felt easier to deal with because there's always like mm. that base of like, well, I don't have to. We just have to work together and get like this thing done. Not that I don't respect you and don't want to like know who you are, but like, I don't know. It's not like we're not going to go outside and fight about it or like anything like that, you know? Like, you're not going to like try it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some. But what if you did? What if that was your, what if that was your nature? Because that is how you learned and operated mm-hmm. to yeah. interact with situations. And that was how you brought, mm-hmm. that's what you brought to the situation mm-hmm. on the other side. You know, and, that, and that's and that's the the person I'm, I'm hope could listen to this. And like, hey, you know, you, there are, you know, it's okay to, you know, I guess what I used to, what I what I, what I tell myself is okay to soften yourself, you know, because I, I I was so hard on myself, right? I'm trying to be so hard and mm-hmm. not, not allow myself to be quote unquote softened, especially in interactions and uh, and expectations. If it's okay to soften it just a little bit, you know, what's what's the term uh, whatever soften the edges yeah, <laughs> okay, I forget the smoothly. actual artist term uh-huh. of like softening the edges but yeah so you're saying like not only feather the the identity issues of yourself but also like the ones that you invisibly like leverage on other people around you well because you think your like expectations. Your, it, it contribute it contributes to your actions mm. your actions your feelings your responses it, it all stems from your identity right like if I identify, you know, I'm obviously I'm, I'm black, right? So if I identify really hard with black and you said something that I could take offense to, mm. 
my identity as a black man is going to dictate a lot of times my reaction. Now, my maturity and my composure could, could quell that and I could respond intelligibly with a good argument or I could be like, hey, yo, what the heck are you talking about? And, I, and then just blow up on you. Mm. And, you know, that's because that reaction was stemmed from my identity. I feel like that same thing can be attributed to other, other things too. City, country, culture, religion, all that. Mm. Same thing, right? But obviously this channel is about military, so mm. we're not talking about those other things. But I think that same thing can be put in different, you know, different categories. Thank you. Uh, Might have to get interesting point. Or I guess you want to say something? No, I was just going to say, I, James, I need to get some um, of my friends to listen to this because I, I, me and me and Johnny were kind of older when I was definitely older. Mm-hmm. Um, joined the Marine Corps, so we had more of an identity before the Marine Corps. But I, I've noticed some of the young guys that. The Marine Corps did really well for them, um, and they did well in the Marine Corps. But now that they're out, they still have that that prideful Marine arrogance, and it's like, dude, you're on your you've been out of the Marine Corps for three years or two years. You're on your fifth job, and you're struggling, man. Like you. You have to snap out of it, you know? You're still, mm-hmm. some of them are, are just stuck in that that arrogance, I would say. Because you, you do, I think there are certain things that you do in life that allow you to be, to have a certain amount of arrogance to you. I mean, some of the fighter pilots, those guys are arrogant dudes, and they kind of deserve it, you know? They can have that. And you see some guys get out, and it's like, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But but some of those guys are struggling. All pilots are amazing, but there's one. (laughs) There's one. (laughs) No, yeah. I'm sorry, James. No, I I, totally get what you're saying. In the fact fact that, you know, when Jones, I don't want to single this guy out too much, but like Jones was like saying, about that one guy that he kind of was the inspiration for his uh pod or not podcast but youtube video and like when he said you know he joined when he was 17 or whatever that like immediately was like "Mm." so he's been out he's you know for from 17 to 21 or 22 or whatever he's been in right and and i think about the place that i was in at around that age and and yeah i'm like yeah i would have a hard time separating myself and like you said james just like you and jones i i went in when i was 21 so you know i was a little bit older i'd already gone to school for a little bit before i joined so like yeah i had this like other thing but you know thinking about it i did when i when i got in i had a hard time not leaning on my college identity right because that's like how i had formed my opinion of myself before and like I, I, th- I wanted to have that to like separate myself from other Muslim people. You're like, Same. oh, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not like you know your average enlisted marine or guy, right? I've been, I had a college education, but like you know, I guess that's that's yeah, 
similar, right? And it's like uh, analogy for for Marines transitioning out or military members transitioning out now. Um, but yeah. I think this was a great conversation. I really appreciate both of you guys' insight. I really, mm-hmm. again, I also really appreciate that we didn't see eye to eye specifically. I think that that definitely helped, mm-hmm. like with, with us uh, opening opening this uh, onion up even in deeper, right? Because we could have agreed and you know, right off the bat, and we would have been at the first layer, just you know, shaking each other's hand in a circle. But you know, that's not good. I, I really do appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. No, I really do, man. This is this is this is great, you know. Um, and you know, the the, the like the, the the folk that I I spoke to that uh, inspired this, I really uh, I'm definitely gonna show it to. And mm-hmm. I hope anybody else that's listening, if you're listening this far and you haven't gotten pissed off and closed it by now, thank you for coming to the end of this. But uh, hey, yeah, James and Alex, I really hope uh, you guys will, will come back and mm-hmm. do another another sure. show for this first season before it gets released. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is great. I I'm sitting back, going, "Oh wow!" I, this is I'm hearing Alex say things and going, "Oh, this that's exactly what's happening to me right now." Like, yeah. Mm. So this is this has been great. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like we awesome. could keep going off of this, but yeah, I guess we gotta we gotta <laughs> at some point. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do a part two. Mm. We'll probably do a part two because mm. uh, this is great. Maybe I'll get mm. a bigger a bigger crowd next time. You know, I'll talk about Camaros and you know, bad bad interest rates. So. Yeah, we'll <laughs> talk about all, all yeah all the things, right. all the isms. As always, I like to thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow, review, and share the show with anybody who want to hear it. And don't forget to check out our YouTube military transition tips. Until next time, NTT out. Peace.